Since 2010, many of us Montana residents, business owners, sportsmen and women, and conservationists join forces under the banner of Montanans for Healthy Rivers to identify and conserve the last best free-flowing rivers in Montana. Some of the greatest river stewards and boots on the ground helping to protect our rivers day in and day out are guides. From a guiding perspective, I can tell you that sustainability and preservation is my ultimate goal. My name is Kinsley Scott. I'm a Montana native and guide, and I have been with Montanans for Healthy Rivers for years now. Welcome to River Ramble Guides Edition. In this series, we will hear from guides and outfitters from across the state in various regions of the proposed grassroots legislation Montanans for Healthy Rivers Coalition is currently fighting for. The Crown of the Continent proposal would protect 200 river miles in the heart of Montana, and the Montana Headwaters Legacy Act would preserve an additional 336 miles of river within the pristine Greater Yellowstone ecosystem. Today we are chatting with a public lands advocate and Northwest Montana outfitter, Mark Fuller. Mark has invested his life into the North Fork of the Flathead and its tributaries. He is here representing Whale, Trail, and Yakina Cat Creek within the Crown of the Continent proposal and shares why protection of these watersheds is so important. Good morning, Mark. Howdy, Kinsley, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing pretty good. Surviving in northwestern Montana here. It's already winter. Well, thank you for joining us here today, Mark. Uh, I so appreciate your time. And we will be discussing one of the richest transboundary ecosystems and corridors, arguably in the world, the North Fork of the Flathead River, already a designated wild and scenic system. But specifically, we're going to be talking about three of its vital tributaries. So let's jump in. So Mark, would you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, my name is Mark Fuller. Uh, I'm a fishing outfitter located in Northwestern Montana. I live in a little place called Corum, Montana, which is just a little blip on a map, but it's a little town located along the banks of the Middle Fork of the Flathead River. I'm the owner of Wild Montana Anglers and I work with Larry's Fly and Spy in Columbia Falls and we offer uh, guided fishing trips uh, here in the Flathead Valley, but also around the around the state of Montana, and we fish uh, a lot of the major rivers that a lot of people that know about uh, Montana. We fish the Flathead. We're down on the Missouri. We get down um, in southwestern Montana. Really, we just we fish all over the state. That's awesome. So, how long have you been in Montana, Mark? Oh, I first got to Montana back in 2008. Uh, I was guiding in Colorado, and uh, I just had this quest to get up to Montana. And I drove up to Montana in my truck in the in the early summer of 2008 uh, in southwestern Montana and asked around for jobs and asked everybody I could, and everybody uh, uh, pretty much laughed me uh, out of the fly shop because I didn't have much experience, but I met a lady uh, named Betsy French in Big Sky, Montana, who owned Gallatin River Guides, and she really took me uh, under her wing and gave me a start in uh, guiding in Montana, and I've been guiding off and on uh, since, yeah, 2008. That's awesome. So I understand, though, you have had a bit of experience guiding kind of around the world. Is that correct? It is. I've been fortunate to uh, work a couple places. I started my career in Colorado. I went to college there um, 
in a little town called uh, Gunnison, Colorado, and started my guiding career there on the Gunnison. Um, and like I said uh, earlier in 2008, I went up to Montana and got my first taste of of guiding up here. And uh, when I had that uh, experience, uh, I was just hooked for life and uh, wanted to get uh, the best freshwater resume I could. Uh, so from Montana, I worked several seasons up in Alaska. I was in South Central Alaska uh, working those amazing drainages around Denali National Park. Um, and I also worked quite a bit um, in the Bristol Bay area of Alaska uh, in that amazing fishery with uh, tons of salmon and, and, and the best rainbow fishing I've found in the world. Uh, and from there, uh, I decided to do it full time. I spent several seasons uh, guiding down uh, way down south in Patagonia, uh, mostly the Los Lagos region uh, or Region X, uh, where I guided um, for uh, all sorts of sea run fish, uh, mostly big rainbows and browns and some salmon. Uh, but I was down in uh, in South America there for a little bit uh, and and really enjoyed it. Uh, now that I am a married man um, and my wonderful wife is done with getting her PhD, I am back in Montana full-time where um, I guide up here uh, in the Flathead Valley. Awesome. Let's jump in. Again, I have you representing the North Fork of the Flathead, and these tributaries include Whale Trail and Yakinacat Creeks within the Crown of the Continent proposal. So for those listeners that aren't familiar with this area of the world, can you please give us a little geographical location description, like if you could drop a pin and essentially paint us a mental picture, what would that look like? Sure. Uh, well, if I had to drop pin, I'd probably started a, a, a Glacier National Park. We are located very close uh, to Glacier National Park, and uh, and specifically the North Fork makes up the western boundary of uh, Glacier National Park. Um, and uh, so the creeks themselves, uh, Well Creek, Trail Creek, and Yakinacrack Creek, uh, they all start along the east side of the Whitefish Mountain Range, and specifically below Mount Review and the Lock Peaks. Um, they start in these remote basins and cascade and tumble down into the North Fork of the Flathead, which I said makes up the western boundary of Glacier National Park. And then from there, the North Fork flows into the Middle Fork, uh, in a special place does called Blanket Chip Bridge. And then from there, uh, the Middle Fork meets up with the South Fork and creates what we call the main stem of the Flathead. And uh, the main stem flows down into Flathead Lake and eventually reaches the Columbia River, which uh, then hits uh, the Pacific Coast. But the specific area uh, that these three key, uh, creeks are located in are very, very remote uh, areas and really some of the wildest country uh uh, that I know of, and they're just directly next door to Glacier National Park. That's awesome. It is such a special area of the world. And the unique situation with the North Fork is is it's not defined by this invisible line. Uh, we know the ecosystems do not conform to that. And so it's a really interesting situation having the river, the North Fork of the Flathead, and these tributaries that we're talking about on the United States side of things. But on the Canadian side of things, there's also a lot going on there. And the B.C. government has done a lot to protect the flathead, the British Columbian flathead as well. So it's a it's a very unique transboundary ecosystem. And I think they're doing some great things up in Canada 
In 2010, BC's government prohibited any extraction processes in their Flathead Valley. And that was thanks in part to the UNESCO World Heritage Report of Southern BC, which included that Flathead system. That same report also recommended a single unifying management plan spanning the transboundary, both the US and Canadian side of things, furthering the connectivity and important ecosystem. So you're, you're in a really, really neat area of the world. You gave us a description of where the body of water originates and flows into. And for listeners, Whale Creek would be protected with nearly 21 miles. Yakinakak would gain about 10 miles. And the neat thing about Yakinakak is it's a major tributary to Trail Creek, which provides, again, great connectivity in this system. So you said it's very remote. Uh, where you are in this area of the world, but can you give us a, a description of the water, the fisheries, and a little bit more about the ecosystem as a whole? Yeah, sure. You nailed it pretty good, uh, but I'll start with uh, Trail Creek and Yukinakak Creek, and it starts off with Yukinakak. That's kind of the headwaters uh, of that drainage, um, and like I said, that is that's located, that started on the east side of the Whitefish Range. Yukinakak uh, is, is very, very fast. Uh, I think um, very steep gradients, uh, boulder pockets, uh, cascading water. Um, and then it meets up with Trail Creek, which uh, is a little bit more of a broader creek. Uh, it's still moving exceptionally quick because this country is very steep. Um, and Trail Creek, uh, like I said, it's a little bit broader of a drainage. It flows down. It's actually pretty unique in itself that it it creates an intermittent stream, Trail Creek does. And, and what I mean by that is, is Trail Creek, once it's uh, flowing through, it percolates at some point, I think it's like five or six miles down from where you Kinnikuk, uh meets it. It actually flows into the ground. There's a series of caves uh, and caverns where the creek uh, percolates down into, and you can be in this fast-moving creek, walking down there, and then you round the corner, and the creek is gone. Um, and you can move down, uh, I want to say it's probably like a half a mile to three-quarters of a mile, um, and you're in a dry creek bed, and then all of, this, all of a sudden, this water is percolating back out uh, of the ground and creating a creek. It's actually pretty trippy to see it. It's an awesome sight to see, and it creates a really interesting uh, stream uh, in the fact that there is a natural barrier uh, in this in the stream, which will stop invasive uh, species of fish from moving up because there is a dry section of the creek. And above that, even though you can't fish it in Trail Creek, there is a unique and cut off um, uh, fishery of West Slope cutthroat trout uh, that are, from what I know and talking to the biologist, are a pretty pure strain uh, of cutthroat that have their own protections because of this unique uh, stream uh, that is intermittent in the middle. Uh, moving on to Well Creek, um, that's also a very fast tumbling creek uh, that is uh, that is a very steep gradient and has a ton of water moving through it. Um, it's pretty fast. Uh, it is home to our highest concentration of bull trout in the area. Both Trail and Well Creek um, are pretty important as far as fisheries go because they are home to our threatened bull trout and Well Creek especially uh, is home to our, our is home to 
the creek that has the highest reds or the highest number of bull trout that we have spawning in the North Fork in the United States. Um, both or all three of them contain cutthroat. Two of them um, are bull trout fisheries. And uh, even though we can't fish them, which we're okay with, uh, they're excellent intact fisheries and ecosystems. How cool is that? I did. I had no idea that um, the the topography of of the creek that it, it disappears essentially. That is that is fascinating. I had not a clue. Oh yeah, if you're ever up in these neck of the woods, you you can get into into that country over there in, in Trail Creek and and see for yourself. It is it is quite the sight to see that. And uh, it, it's even well, I guess at high water. Um, there's enough water in the system where there is a slight connection, but uh, not very long right. into the summer, um, you will you you will walk along this creek bed, and it is as beautiful as the creek gets in northwestern Montana. But just when you round a corner, it's gone. That is so neat. How unique that is. So, so a leading question: Why is this area so special to you? I mean, it almost sounds something out of a picture book. This place is special to me, and I've said it a little bit before, it's, it's how wild the country is. It's some of the most remote country that we have left in the lower 48. Um, and when you step into the woods around this area, you're not the top of the food chain. Uh, there are beasts in this area that will eat you. Uh, I am I am a fishing outfitter, but I'm also a very, very passionate hunter. Um, and when you step into this area, you take yourself back in time. Um, just a few steps into this area and you're experiencing the same country uh, that the native people that were here before us, like the Blackfeet and the Feder uh, Federation of Salish and Kootenai tribes, uh, you're hunting in the same area that they did and you're hunting the same animals uh, and it's the same megafauna uh, that they that they hunted for. Um, and you're experiencing the same fishery. There are a few invasives in the system, but for the most part, um, it is as wild and pristine as it was several hundred years ago. And that is what makes this area uh, so special to me because there's just not a lot of places left in the lower 48 that are this remote and this wild and have these ecosystems that are in, as intact as we, are, as we have up here. So these important conservation issues, you know, facing Montana or specifically um, the North Fork of the Flathead area, even though it does have the designation of a wild and scenic river, how, how do you share important topics like that with your clients in, in the boat? I feel like that is a wonderful platform to really engage people and get them to put it into perspective, right? It has to be relative to them. Right. Uh, we as guides, uh, kids, I'm sure you know this, uh, we, we're in a great, uh, we've got a great pulpit for uh, telling people how amazing yet fragile uh, these ecosystems are. And it's, and for me personally, when it comes to that, it's client dependent. Um, yeah. Repeat clients, they're, they're generally pretty savvy about our local conservation issues because they've had to endure me and my other guides talking about them over the years. We've kind of pounded it into their heads, but a lot of our clients, that we have uh, up here in our region uh, are relatively new anglers, and they're in the area uh, to visit Glacier National Park. Um, and uh, with those clients, which uh, which we love to have because a lot of them are kind of like a, a blank slate, uh, we love to talk to them uh, about our conservation issues. And it usually comes after you know a memorable experience on the river, uh, like a dandy trout or a wildlife sighting or um, floating through some of our vistas, which around the Flathead Valley, Flathead Valley, we really have uh, no shortage uh, of those beautiful places. 
Um, and that point, you know, I just like to remind them how amazing but fragile these fisheries and landscapes are um, and that these amazing places aren't guaranteed. Uh, and with the growth of this valley and with the growth of the state of Montana and the growth of the world, for that matter, it's going to take major conservation efforts to keep these places as wild and scenic uh, as they are today. Um, but, you know, once you have those uh, those opportunities and, and give those people those points, uh, sometimes it's a light bulb moment for those people. Uh, some not so much, but, you know, with the amount of people that we take out fishing, if we can get a few people excited about uh, this area and, and protecting this area, it, it, for us, it's a win. Absolutely. So kind of building off that, actually, how you brought up um, the growth of, you know, kind of the Columbia Falls area uh, where you are. I found off of your Instagram, your link, um, I read up on the Bad Rock Conservation Project. I felt like this was kind of a great fit uh, for what we were talking about today that would provide additional protection from development and ecosystem degradation. Can you just tell us a quick blurb on, on that? Sure. That is something that just came on our radar that we are super excited about. Um, it is basically uh, 800 acres of wonderful riparian habitat located just upstream uh, of Columbia Falls along the main stem of the Flathead River. And it was uh, it is owned by uh, the Columbia Falls Aluminum Company. Um, and for years, uh, they have been nice enough to enter this that land, that 800 acres into um, uh, block management through Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Park. Uh, it has a little bit of a caveat, which is pretty cool. Uh, the block management is, is reserved only for youth and, and disabled hunters. So it's this really cool, uh, uh, very ecologically rich area that is that allows uh, people to hunt and use and is now up for sale. And us, uh, as citizens here in the Flathead Valley, have a really great opportunity to have first dibs at purchasing this 800 acres and keeping it in public hands uh, and and for allowing people and future generations to be able to hunt on this. If not, um, with our uh, continuing growth uh, in the valley, uh, it would be parceled out rather quickly and probably turned into some really nice homes. Uh, and that might be the case uh, in the future, but uh, as of right now, uh, we have a really, really great opportunity to partner with the Flathead Land Trust um, and Montana FWP to come up with the amount of money to purchase this cool piece of land and, and keep it in public hands. So we're fighting hard to do that. Yeah. So, so for those listening, is, is there anything that they can do to, to assist with this protection? Oh, absolutely. If I had to steer them to one place, uh, the Flathead Land Trust, uh, I believe is the name of the organization that's really spearheading this. And, and uh, you can find them online and, and they've got uh, great information on how uh, to get on board. Uh, or you could jump on my Instagram, uh, Wild Montana Anglers, and uh, there's some other links in there. Or maybe you could share the story and kind of get the word out because it's a relatively new project that not a lot of people um, are aware of. Um, and we're trying to get the word out as quickly as possible because um, even though Columbia Falls Aluminum Company has been 
generous enough to give uh, us Montanans a chance to purchase this land, we're on a clock. And, and, and I believe that clock is, is about a year from now. If we are not able to come up uh, with the funds to be able to purchase that land at the price that they think is fair, uh, then it's going to go to the highest, highest seller. So I would just uh, encourage people to check out, again, uh, Flathead Land Trust and, uh, and uh, get the word out about this, about this bad rock uh, conservation project. Awesome. Well, thank you. I know that was a bit of a uh, divergence off of uh, the crowd of the continent proposal, but, you know, I mean, protection of, of this area, whether we're talking about the, the tributaries of the North Fork of the Flathead or this Bad Rock Conservation Project, it all counts. So thank you for sharing that. And thanks for putting that link up. I, I appreciate it. So, so kind of tying it all together, I want you to take a moment and kind of I don't know, I guess you could call it brag about yourself, but if you could share like a, a, a proud guide moment for you and your conservation teaching, uh, just kind of off the top of your head, what, what would that be? Uh, well, I won't have to search too far. I got an email this morning from uh, a longtime client of mine, and Kinsey, I know I'm sure you have these these people too. This not this guy. We'll call him George, but uh, George has been fishing with me uh, for years, uh, and he fishes all over the place too. Um, a couple of years ago, when I partnered up with uh, Larry Fly and Supply, uh, we uh, had a mission statement of sorts, which was to treat our fishery um, as good as we can. So, and one of those things that we did was we stopped using um, uh, one-time-use plastic as much as we can. And uh, I was the first guy that requested that George bring a reusable water bottle. Uh, and quit bringing one-time use plastics. And uh, I was also uh, the first guy that presented George with a lunch that was uh, pretty much uh, used with all compostable lunch containers and was plastic free. And at first he was re really skeptical because he'd been guided for years and he had never seen this this change. Uh, and uh, so at first he was pretty, pretty skeptical. Uh, but after a while, uh, he came around to it and uh, he started seeing that, oh, well, I guess uh, this is probably a good thing. We're using less plastic. We're having less impact on the resource. And he came around to it um, and he came around to it pretty, uh, pretty quickly. And the last time I uh, fished with him, uh, he told me uh, <laughs> that he now requests that other guides he fishes with in Montana and throughout various places throughout the world that they – uh, try and do the same thing. And he's seen guides in other places, whether it be the Bahamas or Alaska, uh, start changing uh, their program up to use uh, to use less plastic. And that was a little bit of a catalyst for him. I, I get messages. And like I said, uh, this morning, I got an email from him asking me to sign a petition uh, on keeping uh, one of his favorite places down in the Bahamas as um, uh, as uh, as clean uh, and as pristine as possible. And there's a group of guides uh, that put this together. Um, and since I was a guide, he asked me to sign that petition. Uh, and that was this morning. And I had a little bit of swelling of pride uh, when I got that email uh, because I felt like I was a little bit of a, uh, a primer or a catalyst to get this gentleman who has a lot of money and resources fired up about keeping um, our resources a little bit more uh, pristine. Well, that is awesome. And that is a huge component of, of a guide day. And I, I find it so um, it's almost humorous that, you know, there is kind of this pushback to reusable water bottles 
uh, and things of that sort, reusable plates. I haven't had a plastic water bottle until COVID in my boat for eight seasons. So it, oh, wow. it's just nice. interesting. Yeah, it's just interesting, though, that um, from a guiding perspective, too, heck, it saves me a lot of money. There's not a ton of recycling to do, and it's it's a great fit for a guide. And so lastly, if you had a message for folks right now or could engage others listening to take action, what would that be? Uh, I would tell people to use the tool that we're all uh, probably too familiar with, and, and that's our phone. Uh, face it, uh, all of us stare at our phones way too much. We might as well use that thing to dial up some of our elected officials and and uh, ask them to support the crown of the continent proposal. Um, and I think that's the easiest thing we could do. And, 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 and uh, also, uh, if you're, if you're a river lover or water lover, get people who don't normally get a chance to recreate on the water out there. The kids, I know that's hard for us because uh, when it's guide season, it's guide season. And if they're not paying clients, it's hard for us to get people out there or have the drive to get people out there after a full day uh, of guiding. But if you do get a chance, uh, get people out there uh, that don't normally recreate uh, on the water out there to experience how amazing it is. There's a great quote that I heard not too long ago, um, and it basically goes like this. People conserve what they love. People love what they know, and people only know what they're taught. If someone has a unique or cool experience out on the river, they're going to want to protect that place. But if they never have an opportunity to enjoy these places that you and I and other river lovers love, they aren't going to fight for those things. Uh, and, and those things are what are so dear to people like uh, you and me. So I would just, if you can in the off season or when you get a chance, uh, just get some people out on the water and let them experience how uh, amazing uh, our watersheds in Montana and throughout North America are. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Well put. And thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you, Kinsley. You have a great day over there. You too. Stay warm. (laughs) For sure. Take care. From all of us here at Montanans for Healthy Rivers, thank you for tuning in. If you would like to learn more about the Crown of the Continent proposal, the Montana Headwaters Legacy Act, and to join our efforts, please visit healthyriversmt.org to add your endorsement.